0: Hello and welcome to the Global Logistics Conference at Freight Waves. My name is Steve Ferreira and I'm CEO of Ocean Audit, a global ocean freight and freight audit consultancy in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm so pleased today to host the Global Maritime Conference and one of my special guests today, Sani Mandes. Sani is the COO of Flexport. Sani, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Steve. That's so terrific. And we're going to talk today on how we overhaul global shipping. And Sonny, I've got to tell you, you know, I am living with, and I know you are too, but I'm living with what I call and what I've called container getting these past seven or eight months. And I've gotten a little grayer for it, Sane. And I'd like to reflect with you on how the heck did we get here?
1: Yeah. And, and that that's, you know, I'm sitting through a lot of QBRs with clients these days and, this is the first question that everyone is asking, and uh, they're also asking, "Where are we right now?" And you know, to start off with that one, I think we're in peak chaos right now. Um, so uh, my prediction is that it's going to get a little bit better. Um, but how did we get here? Um, well, we got here. Um, you know, it started exactly a year ago. It started with uh, announcements uh, around uh, COVID, and and people started panicking. Offices got closed, um, you know, blank sailings were announced because, you know, out of hundred economists, hundred predicted doom and gloom and, 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 you know, global trade to come to a standstill. Um, and that didn't happen. It happened for six to eight weeks. And then we all of a sudden got a rush into PPE and global trade started accelerating. And then we figured out that we were not going to spend our money out, out of the home anymore on restaurants and, 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 and holidays. So we're going to spend it in our home and in our gardens. Um, so, you know, all of a sudden we started buying bird feeders and, you know, uh, (laughs) and, and, and gym equipment. And this has led to, you know, um, an unprecedented surge, right? It's a real tsunami of freight, uh, you know, 25% year on year growth. Uh, and this had led basically to anywhere you can pinpoint, you know, a place in the supply chain. It has led to, um, has led to, to chaos, whether it's on, you know, availability of equipment in terms of containers. Chassis, you know, enough space on vessels, uh, you know, containers falling off vessels, um, you know, drivers being available, warehouses being available to offload containers, wherever you pinpoint something in the in in the supply chain, there is an issue at this moment in time. Uh, And, you know, I think we're at the peak of it right now. Uh, But it's but, you know, uh, customers are tired. They're exhausted.
0: They are tired, and not only are they tired, uh, you know, our whole market is, uh, you know, uh, going through a metamorphosis with uh, Chinese New Year upon us and, you know, through the uh, sessions that we've talked about. And when we have Chinese New Year and then we have obviously the situation on on contracting and rates coming up for 2021. And I know you and I have talked about the whole issue of uh, performance based contracts and how we how we kind of look at the future. Why do you think the market might be ready for some fundamental changes in how we contract free? Let's address that question.
1: Yeah, and 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 it and and it and it starts with my, my previous statements. Uh, is like importers and exporters are exhausted, um, right? Um, we did, um, you know, they're they're exhausted because the prices are high and the reliability is low, right? Port to port reliability has dropped to something like forty five percent in the fourth quarter of twenty twenty. Well, if you're going to door to door. With all the equipment issues that we have, uh, you know, congestion in the ports, etc. Uh, you know, multiply that, and you're getting to a number that is really close to zero. Um, and if you're paying top dollar, plus you have no reliability, that's your primary concern. So why is the industry ready? Well, we did a webinar the other day, and we pulled around a thousand participants, and 78% said that their top concern was reliability. So that's why I think that. Performance based contracts or as the industry calls them uh, enforceable contracts um, are, uh, you know, something that actually are is, is going to be part of the of the bid season and the negotiations. I think, you know, it's important to say like the industry calls it enforceable. I like to call it performance based just like you, um, because what it should do is it aligns um, different parties in, in, in the chain, um, because if we're talking about the value drivers of our customer. If we can align those with the value drivers of the carrier, then you're talking about end-to-end performance, and and we think that's you know this is the moment to 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 have those conversations.
0: And you know, you raise a really interesting point, and, and I think when you you look at the the thousand participants, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you had customers in many different segments, you know, in the in the two thousand, two hundred container range, in the 20,000 and, 20, and maybe two hundred thousand. So I think that when you look at those different niches, right? I'm sure Flexport's approaching uh, the discussions of performance-based contracts, you know, very geometrically, but at the same time very laser-focused. Uh, how do you think some of those performance-based uh, discussions might play out in terms of what the customer might be looking for, and how do you change the dial a little bit, Sonny, in terms of you know establishing that performance-based contract with the customer? You know, who would arbitrate it? And do we even need that? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, and it's, it's a, that's a very common question. Do you need an arbitrator? Um, uh, I don't think so. You know, between companies, you can have performance-based contracts. You can build in, you know, um, uh, KPIs into, in, in bilateral contracts and and live according to those. You know, if you ask me, You know what the future should look like is that every QBR, every quarterly business results, we are actually uh, talking about our performance based contract and we're going to see how we can improve that performance uh, on those KPIs. Um, But it comes with some um, requirements, right? Uh, Currently, a lot of the uh, MQCs are negotiated by total demand for the year divided by 52 uh, that's not going to fly in a performance-based world, uh, especially when you have a lot of fluctuation, which is kind of normal in most supply chains because there's seasonality. There's not a single shipper I know uh, that has uh, MQC f- divided by 52 every week. <laughs> um, so there is there is quite a bit necessary in, st- in terms of planning, but also in defining what are the bandwidth um, and 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 really ironing out the 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 T's and C's. I think what is super important here is that. Um, we have to uh, combine this with technology because you can do this all in handshakes. Uh, but if you don't have the technology and the visibility and the ways to measure uh, and hold us accountable against that performance, you know, then it's going you know, to be a dog and pony show that's not going to deliver any value. It's then an intent instead of uh, something that you can realize. So technology, visibility um, is it's extremely important to get this realized.
0: I think you're spot on, and I want to touch on that uh, in a little bit as we, you know, when we get a little further into our conversation. But going back to the enforceable contracts, when you look at the the flex port market out there or the the beneficial cargo owners that, you know, are are out there and and are part of your group of 1,000 that are looking for this reliability, when you look at enforceable contracts, I'm sorry, let's use a a more common positive spin on it, performance-based contracts, in your opinion, who might need more convincing? Is there one segment, for example, retail or chemical or consumer goods? What's the segment that you think is really ready to jump on this? Or is there even one that is applicable and it's more a common issue of just kind of rolling out and getting the, the performance based contracts, you know, uh, abridged so that both uh, both parties are, are you know, have, uh, have a quid pro quo and there's a satisfactory transaction.
1: Yeah, and, and and I think this is an, an excellent question and there are some segments of the market um, typically in the air freight market that are already working like this right The automotive is all working on just in time right It's kind of a performance-based contract because they translate that to their uh, to their supply chain uh, uh, partners. Um, when you're looking at the ocean market uh, since that's the topic of our conversation, it's kind it's, it is a pretty um, a conservative market. Um, and there are a lot of, let's say, um, you know, this is how it's always been done type of discussions. What um, you also see it's a large cost item and, and those large cost items typically go under the supervision of uh, the finance function, the CFO. Um, and CFOs typically uh, think cost first, revenue second for some reason. Um, uh, and um, there will be immediately, you know as soon as the, the world is normalizing a little bit, there will be a lot of pressure again on the cost side rather than the reliability side. And you know, when I'm now in QBRs um, with my customers and the ones that are doing really well um, have built in a lot more flexibility, right? Um, they have built in like, you know, options through premium services, but they typically also build in a little bit more flexibility into the inventory, right? Um, uh, because, you know, if you don't have inventory, you can't sell. Um, and so they have built more flexibility and that is typically costly. Flexibility is costly. You know, premium contracts are, are more costly. Inventory is costly, uh, but it allows them now to sell. So it is really about a discussion that needs to be at a you know higher level of the company as the, the never out of stock type of discussion. And I think that discussion became cl- crystal clear this year. Uh, so I do see this is the moment. Um, to uh, to introduce them. But we should also anticipate that uh, it's not moving that fast. It's not that 2021 will be all performance-based contracts. There will be a sliver of the market.
0: Oh, listen, no question. But, you know, one thing I love what you said, and I, I was looking at... Uh... Uh, one BCO reporting their results. I saw the CEO of this particular company reporting results, and she made a point to talk about how you know, shipping added so much uh, more uh, cost to the bottom line, they were still profitable. But one of the reasons why they were is that they did real well in forecasting and inventory. Uh, so really interesting, Sana, that it echoes precisely the call-outs that you just made in terms of who can benefit the most. And I think it will be those players that are able to hone in on the forecasting the most accurately and also the ones that are the most sophisticated around the inventory management, which is, you know, which brings me right into the aspect of. So you get into these great, exciting performance based contracts. And now how do you look at the um uh, how do you move beyond a handshake, right, and and get into the enforceable and use the platformization and, and the technology to enforce them? And I would really like you to address that with our audience.
1: Yeah, and and, and, and it starts very much upstream, right? It starts with order management, because um, that's, that's, that's where you want to uh, have the, the visibility uh, starting. Um, order management leads to vendor management, right? Uh, are we delivering on our cargo ready dates? Um, right. Then it starts, you know, uh, the global sh- shipping chain, right? Uh, do I actually have a full visibility on my inventory? Uh, all the associated delays, uh, do I have an ability to reroute? You know, um, uh, containers are containers, but it's cargo in transit, right? There's skews in those container and it's inventory in transit. You know, do I have an ability to reroute and to manipulate that? Um, and then of course, uh, you know, uh, as soon as it, as it hits the shore, um, do I have the visibility up to the warehouse and, and, and in the end to the final, final, final consumer, um, you know, demand planning tools, uh, if you even go further upstream than p- purchase order management. So it's all about digitization of your information, um, and uh, getting a full end-to-end view on your inventory position. Inventory doesn't start in the warehouse. Inventory starts at on the production floor of the factory.
0: And, and. I think that you just really hit on something that uh, is the royal flush, right? or as I say, you know when uh, you have a good stock, it's the diamond hands. I think that when you start looking at you know having great order management and 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 all the other um, you know intricate uh, uh, patterns that you've just described, right? order management, you know, the inventory, the forecasting the demand planning. I know that Flexport has recently introduced some order management systems that have gotten really rave reviews and some good reviews from the marketplace. And so I think that that's probably something that uh you know you took away from your your interviews with your clients and uh you know you'll you'll roll that out. So, you know, I did want to ask you um you know now that we understand you know where uh, you stand on performance-based contracting and I think you really helped us you know, look at how we overhaul global shipping with regards to these uh, these these issues. I wanted to roll into a question on, um, you, you know, there's so many fitting parts that fit here, and I want to just make sure I fit this in. You know, the FMCs recently, you know, looked at free time, detention, demerge, and certainly free time. I have to ask the question, it's a big issue in 2021. How do you see free time and detention fitting in as, as it relates to go forward with contracting?
1: Yeah, and first of all, it's it's a big issue because containers are not returning to the ports, right? Uh, um, and as a result, we have a half a million containers short in in in, in Asia. And why are they not cont- returning to the port? Uh, you know, warehouses are not able to receive cargo. You know, they have a lot of COVID cases, etc. So yeah, you see a lot of detention and the merge costs uh, for 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 clients. And I think detention and the merge is. Uh, it, it's part of performance-based um, uh, contracts, right? Um, and 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 um, and you need to talk about the tools you have to avoid those, right? And 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 in the case of detention, the there are there great tools, right? Transloading is one of them. Um, and, you know, we see it that you know for our premium services, for instance, I think. N- you know the majority of it is transloaded, um, and 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 you know and 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 that's not necessary in that case for the detention of the container, but it's just to speed up the service. But you can do the same for 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 avoiding detention. Um, it's the same with with the merge, right? It doesn't have to stay in the port. You can also bring it to a different yard um, to avoid the demerge charges. So there are a lot of tools, and you should bring those into your contract negotiation. Um, um, with you know, part of it you can actually back to back. Um, discuss with the carrier, right? Carriers are open to this, um, you know, having different terms and conditions. Part of it is that where you forwarder can actually uh, use these tools like um, like transloading, uh, pre-pools, etc., to make sure that uh, that you avoid those costs.
0: Well, certainly, as a world-class forwarder, you give your options. You give your clients a lot of different options, and I think that's one of the reasons why. Uh, experts like myself always recommend that uh, BCOs look at uh, NVO forwarding as a strong option, strategic option, especially in 2021. So you've really given our audience a great, um, uh, a great overview and uh, consultative, consult- consultative approach on where we go from here. And Sané, I really want to thank you for the time today. You've been watching my special guest Sané Manders, Chief Operating Officer of Flexport and myself, Steve Ferreira, talk about how we overhaul the global shipping market. Thank you all for joining us and have a great conference.